Hey there, Fat Guy Forum fans. A huge Happy New Year as we enter 2022. And I'm excited that you're still listening to the show. If you'd like to support us, you can do a couple of things. First, if you're an Apple user or you use Spotify, you can rate and review the podcast there to get us in front of more people. Also, you can use the support links in the show notes to purchase products, get a discount for yourself, generate some income for the show, or you can join the Patreon. And there's some cool stuff coming with the Patreon I will be announcing very soon. I know I've said it before, but this time it's really happening. So I'm just excited for all that's to come in this year. Thank you so much for being a part of this adventure. And on to the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I am excited to have you with us again. You can, you can hear me say that at the beginning of every episode because I'm always excited. But today I'm, I'm really uh, looking forward to talking to the guests I've got coming on. His name is Joe, and what I, I like sometimes on this show is it's great to have talk, talks with people who are at the end of their journey, but I also really like talking to people when they're getting started or when they're in the thick of it, no pun intended, and so we're going to dive into where Joe's at now and talk about all of that as we go through it, but we're going to start as we always do. First, we're going to say, hi, Joe. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. Cool. I'm glad you're here, man. Let's let's get to it, man. Tell us, Joe, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Well, um, I think like a lot of people, I th- you know, you've str- I've struggled with weight loss my entire life. Um, kind of something that's, that's uh, affected every aspect of my life. Um, I started out young playing football and it kind of normalized being a lot bigger. And once uh, the athletics st- uh, kind of stopped, um, the eating didn't, and I, I kind of soared to a 560 pounds, which is, you know, pretty big, even at six, four. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely tough and it, it affected my life maybe a little less than some people because, um, of the athletics and, you know, going through college and playing football and stuff, but it was kind of more normalized for me. Uh, but after that, you know, really wasn't any support there for, you know, being that large and, kind of having to live with that. So it was really difficult. And what was it like, you know, take us into a little bit of, of what it was like growing up, you know, where, you know, that's, that's where a lot of habits and things like that are formed. Do you think it was yeah. being in football that kind of drove, you know, food issues? Or do you think it w- was, it something that you were, was, was there for you before that? Like, take us into that, man. No, I definitely think it was something that was there before that. Um, I remember stories of, you know, my siblings would tell me, you know, my mom used to cook um, like big breakfasts and stuff for me. And everyone kind of joked how much food I was actually eating at such a young age. And it was kind of a joke because, you know, they didn't really see a problem with it. Like, I think I was like a year eating like an actual breakfast, like bacon and eggs and stuff. And it was, uh, you know, I'm, so I'm, I'm pretty sure it was there before. Um, and actually, one of the reasons I got into football was because I was too big and uh, my parents thought that would be, you know, a good, a good hobby for me and something I could put my size to use. And you did, you know, what was, yeah, what, what, what was it? So, cause I think there's a lot of people out there listening and guys that have been on the show that have kind of grown up the big kid. And then we also, I've talked to several guys that get into athletics. Like what was it like for you getting into uh, being more active and, and being athletic then? Was it just more, a part of your life, like you're, you're, you adapted to it being the bigger guy on the team? Yeah, I adapted to being the bigger guy on the team. Um, pretty much like when I first started, obviously I was very out of shape, but I, I held my weight really well as I grew up. Um, and I was just considered like my nickname was Big Joe, which happens to most guys that are bigger and named Joe. Um, and that was kind of, it, that was kind of normalized. It was like, I was considered the big guy on the team. Um, and you know, it was normal for me to be really big. I wouldn't, and I wasn't near the, near the size I am now. I think, uh, my, probably my, uh, most athletic size when I played college was about three, 300 to 350 is probably where I was around and then didn't really get up into the five sixties until after college. And so what, when did that start to happen? You know, when did you start to notice, like, let me ask this question properly. 
when when did you feel that your weight started to actually impact your life? Like when when did you become cognizant of this is something I need to do something about? Um, yeah, so probably about a year or so after college, um, I was you know I was driving home from work and I was always tired. I worked in uh, retail and sales and stuff after college. I was always tired and I stopped at this gas station that was on the way home and went to the restroom and I saw a scale in the bathroom and I hadn't weighed, you know, for a long time, at least since, you know, college. And when I got on it, I was 460 pounds or so. And I, I was kind of blown away by that. But even then I was like, well, I carry my weight pretty good. So I wasn't, and nobody had said anything like, Joe, you're getting too big. So I didn't really, you know, I was like, that's a big number, but I didn't really stress about it that much. And then my legs would start to like swell and hold fluid. Um, and like when you pushed in on them, they'd have like a, what they call pitting edema. And that kind of scared me. So I went to the doctor and they was like, you need to go on a low carb diet like immediately. Even then it was, it wasn't really enough to scare me into like actually losing the weight or changing my lifestyle. So I just kind of kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger until I, I gained another hundred pounds. But that, that whole time you are, you're cognizant and aware that, you know, you need to change as many people that are that size do, but it yeah, that's, doesn't happen. Yeah. That's, I, I wanted to dive into that a little bit. Cause I think that is something that a lot of people go through, you know, you become, especially when you start to see issues developing, you know, like the pitting edema, I think that's something a lot of guys and, and women listening can probably relate to. And what do you think, for, in your best assessment, what do you think held you back from, you know, running from that doctor's office and being like, I need to make immediate changes right now. I need to turn this around. I need to do all of that. It's, that's a, it's a difficult, difficult question to answer because there's not, it's not really one thing. Obviously you don't want to, I feel like when I would go into the doctor I'd be motivated and they would say, you know, we're going to start this diet. We're going to do this. I want to see you in three months. Three months would come. I hadn't made any progress, might have even gained weight. And I would just be too embarrassed to go in and actually see the doctor. That would be one thing. It's like, I don't really want to disappoint him. So I don't, I won't even go in. Um, I think that, you know, disappointing, you know, another person with that. And it, just, it was weird. I was, I was definitely, you know, normal people would look at this these telltale signs and be like, you really need to change, but you don't really think of it when you're, and your loved ones don't really, you know, they kind of become comfortable with it and don't really, they know you're big, but they don't really, I guess they're not living with your issues. So they don't know that you should probably be doing something about it. Yeah. I, I think you're spot on. I, I, I think the average person hearing about, you know, I'm sure there's some people listening right now who are probably Googling pitting edema just to get an idea of what that is if they've never heard of it before. And they're probably then going to be like, oh, if that happened to me, I would change immediately. You know, I would do everything yeah. that I could. I would do it. But when you're in, the, you know, and again, I hate using puns sometimes, but when you're in the thick of it and that's your life <laughs> and you're like, okay, I, in order to change this, I have to do all of these things. And I, I know it's not going to change overnight and I know it's not going to happen right away. And you know, you put some effort towards it, but when that's not focused, it's really easy to just say, well, this is, this is where I'm at, you know, and, and let the status quo remain. And continuing to gain weight from there, like, what was, what was your life like, you know, as you, you know, were and were approaching 560 pounds? Yeah. Um, my life consisted a lot of, of a lot of fast food. So it kind of started happening. Um, so football ends. And you're and honestly, the eating probably got worse after football. I say it stayed the same, but it probably got worse because you had more time to eat a um, lot of fast food. Like I remember at one time, um, my wife and I, we were getting Wendy's like three times a day. I don't even know how we afforded it, like on our salary at the time. It was it was crazy. Um, constant eating fast food, uh, bored eating, just, I couldn't, it's like, I couldn't enjoy functions or enjoy doing something unless like there was food involved. My relationship with food was like, I can only have a good time if like we're eating or we're doing something with food. Um, that was kind of my mentality towards food. Like I couldn't sit and watch a show and enjoy it unless I had food. Um, so it was, it was very, very unhealthy relationship with food. 
what got you to a point that you knew, okay, I need to do something? Like, was there, was it a cascade of events? Was there a, a turning point moment for you? Like, when you think about, was it seeing 560? Like, what, what brought you to the point that you knew you needed to do something? Yeah, so people ask me a, a lot, like, how, you know, how you lost 140 pounds, and then they're wanting to know, like, what specific event triggered that and like i wish i had one but there really isn't one so i think what played into it um probably the most is my lifestyle was able to change because i made a career change and also um a little over a year ago i started like taking cooking really seriously and kind of changed my relationship with uh, with food so i took some culinary classes online uh i kind of dived into you know just cooking in general and became very knowledgeable about it. And then that's how my relationship changed with food. It's instead of turning into um, eating fast food, like I probably don't ever eat fast food. I haven't eaten fast food for a very long time. Like I can't even tell you the last time I ate it because we, I cook like two or three times a day. And I know everyone doesn't have that time, but uh, with my career and stuff, I'm, I'm able to have that time and it really benefited me and changing careers kind of had more energy. I had a lot more energy. So I was able to go to the gym, um, do all these other things and be more active, uh, play. Uh, I play a lot of basketball. Uh, I work out a lot because I had that extra energy and because the food I'm eating is better. I don't feel as lethargic and like I would eat before and just feel terrible and just sit around the house. And because you didn't have that energy and you didn't feel motivated to do anything. So it's really learning a lot about cooking and that kind of led into weight loss because I lost about 75 to 80 pounds without even exercising and probably could have lost more, but kind of propelled it a little further once I started working out. And what, because I think it's fascinating to me, like that discovery, you know, getting into cooking and learning more about food, having that positive impact. Because I think sometimes you look at people, you know, I've had chefs on the show, you know, that in, in some ways for them learning to cook was almost a downfall because it gave them more access. But for your knowledge of food to shift and have that to have an impact, like what were, what were some of the first, like, can you remember, like, what were some of the things that you started learning about food that you just realized you just didn't know before? Yeah. So I didn't know the differences in certain carbohydrates, uh, different types of fats, um, the different types of proteins. I just knew, I even, I remember being young and my family telling me like certain things that were just so completely wrong about food that like peanut butter was all of this protein um, that, you know, this was good and this was bad. Like eating a lot of rice was healthy for you. Um, Stuff like that. And it was just completely wrong. So kind of learning those things benefited me a lot. Um, And also the relationship aspect of food, instead of just thinking of the way I have fun now is I can actually think up of recipes and think up of things to cook with my family and with my wife. And, um, in return, you know, it even makes that relationship better. So it's not just learning the scientific and nutritional aspect of it, but the actual feeling you have towards the food, um, I think was probably the biggest thing. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Like, I think there's, and innate, especially when you're significantly overweight, on some level, there's this love of food. And yeah. it's it's not, it, we, we can say at best, it can be an abusive relationship. But, <laughs> when, you know, for not to not to under, make it an understatement, but when you actually start to realize the food that you can create, you know, the food that you can cook yourself, and you start to see what that's like, and what goes into things, and that you can actually have that enjoyment you know, and, and transfer some of that energy. Like I definitely, you know, for myself, that has been a key piece on my journey was I love to cook. You know, I always loved to cook from even when I was a kid, but I didn't cook great things. You know, I was, I was really good at, you know, finding ways to make food be the worst it was possible for you, you know, packing as much punch into something as possible. You know, the, the amount of, the amount of peanut butter and Reese's peanut butter cups I could fit into a brownie recipe was staggering. Um, it's why the people I worked with wanted them all the time. Um, but when you actually start to realize that you can relate to food in a different way, but still draw some energy from that, I think that's powerful. Like, I mean, and I know we're, you know, we're talking some details here, but like, what were, 
when you were first doing changing that relationship with food and starting to cook and starting to prepare food for yourself, like what were some of the things that you were making that you were, you know, new discoveries or even just the fact that you realized you could prepare it yourself? Um, yeah, so probably, so um, about a few years ago, my sister um, had to, her sis, my sister and her kids actually had to move in with me and my wife and our kids. And we, I didn't make a, a very much money at the time. And my wife is a teacher, so she didn't, you know, make a lot. So we're having to support all of these people. And uh, I didn't, you know, I couldn't afford to eat out all the time and take care of people. So I was actually having to learn how to cook. So that was kind of my push into learning how to cook. And it just started with chicken and chicken, you know, the cheapest protein you can buy. So I I got sick. It was boring. It wasn't it wasn't great because it was like I couldn't cook. So I learned how to cook and um the recipes and the foods kind of got better and better. And then, you know, I got really deep into, you know, the different types of mother sauces and all of these things that I find fascinating. Other people might find really boring, but uh, just all of this stuff kind of grew off of ha being forced to kind of learn to cook mm -hmm. because I, had to, I couldn't afford to, you know, eat out like we were. So that was kind of what kind of started it, you know. Which is always interesting that when those, those are the moments that lead to bigger change, you know, necessity and, you know, yeah, not yeah. something you're like, okay, I, I'm setting out to learn to cook so I can lose weight, but I'm going to start cooking because I have to. And then it brings you to that, that different place. Like it starts to evolve for you. And so right now, like you said, you're, you're down. I, I, I'm always nervous when I'm talking to people because I don't want to get numbers wrong because I know numbers are important. Um, but right now you're, you're down around 145 pounds. Yeah. So I'm down to a uh, 415 from mm -hmm. 560. I have, I have a, a long ways to go, obviously, you know, um, I don't think the journey ever really ends, but the, uh, doctor, he wants me to get down to like 240. I don't think that that's realistic because I've never, I've never, ever been that weight since probably sixth or seventh grade. Um, and it was like at 300 pounds, I was very like lean and healthy at 300 pounds. I think when I was 300 in college, they weighed my, my lean body mass was like 270. So, and I also, I was pretty, I was pretty lean and I felt like 240 is a very big number. So my personal goal is 300 and then I can kind of go from there. You know, it's, it's, you don't just get to your weight and then it's like, you're there. You kind of, that's kind of when another journey starts. So 300 is kind of where I'm pushing to get to. That's, that's, that's going to be my goal. And what have been, you know, where you're knowing that you're, well, one, you're, you're closer to your goal than you were further away from it, which is nice. You know, I'm sure when you yeah. sit down and look at that, that's awesome, man. But this first 145 pounds, like what, what have been the biggest challenges for you? Uh, the biggest challenges was for a long time, um, just going and exercising. Like I was just so big, I wasn't able to get a lot of cardio in. So you can burn, you can burn calories just working out, but like I couldn't even lay back in bench press without like my back just killing me. And, uh, I couldn't do a lot of stuff. You know, I hadn't worked out in six or six years or so. And uh, when I did work, I did like a lot of powerlifting and strongman competitions and stuff. So I was trying to do stuff that I was used to doing and it wasn't even kind of close. Like it was really bad. And uh, I just felt like I couldn't walk. Like I would try to play basketball with my son and like I would be scared to like step too fast in a direction when I was 560 pounds. So I just didn't do any work. I didn't do any workouts until I lost about 70 pounds. I got under 500 and then that was my goal. When I got under 500, I was going to start going to the gym because I wanted to change that, the food aspect, because if I couldn't change that, then I was kind of wasting my time oh, at the gym. No, for sure. You know, I think that's a lot of times you hear people say that, but I think it's very real. Like if you don't have a handle on food, all the working out in the world in the end, isn't going to, isn't going to lead to success. Yeah, Exactly. So you got under 500 and started getting started working out again. How did you, what is your insight into, you know, when you realized at first that, you know, like you said, going right to those moves that you had done before wasn't going to work. 
you know, what was, what did it take for you to be able to kind of adapt how you were moving your body to get into exercise and to be able to do that? Yeah. So I started off with just doing like some cardio and getting my, you know, there was probably, I don't, there was probably parts of my body, blood flow hadn't even been to in a while. So I was trying to walk, you know, walk and just get the blood flowing and the heart muscle working. And just so it could, it could do that stuff. And, uh, you know, after about a month or so of doing that, you know, I felt better and I started doing uh, workouts to, and I wasn't pushing myself like I did before. Cause used to, you know, when you had that uh, mentality of weight resistance and, and with football and all of that, like it's like push yourself to the max. And that's really not a great thought process for somebody who isn't physically fit to do that. So I would just, I would do it and I would kind of push myself to where I'd be sore enough, but not so sore that I couldn't, you know, walk or do little things or push myself out of the bed because I, I did make that mistake earlier on and I would be so exhausted and so sore. I couldn't even push myself off my bed sometimes. So I made sure not to have that happen so that I could continue to go every day. So I would kind of keep, keep the weights lighter and, I could kind of read my body pretty well because I was used to working out before and when I knew I was pushing it too far and that kind of helped a lot. No, I'm sure that it did. I'm sure that it did. And what, what were the, the big, cause you, you brought up the pitting edema, you know, has that, has that been affected by your weight loss? Like have you seen benefits and changes there? Yes, absolutely. So, um, we went to, we went to, um, universal studios in Florida when I was like at my bigger, at my biggest weight and like, it was miserable. Like I didn't get to enjoy, I didn't get to enjoy it at all. Really. My sons and my wife, they were having a good time running around and I was finding myself, you know, I was finding it difficult to even get back to the car because my legs had swelled, swelled so large and they were, they feel hot and they, you know, they're just heavy to move. It just is painful. And your, and your shoe, your shoes don't even fit the same as they did, uh, you know, a few hours before. So it can be like carrying beanbags around, you know, like dragging, you know, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like you don't even think your body can like do that, like swell that much. But, um, after losing the 145 pounds, I definitely started as I was, even after I got to 500, I started seeing it. It was better. Um, I still have very little of it now. Mm -hmm. Um, like when I, if I'm on my feet for a long period of time, or if I sit too long, mm. I'll notice that my my skin feels tight. Like I can feel it, you but it's nothing like it was. Um, so it has been a, a huge effect on it, and I'm able to like actually see my legs and stuff now. So like my shin bone and my calves are still there, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you couldn't see though. You know, you didn't see those before. Oh yeah. No, that's that's it's got to be yeah, wild. Big, big you difference. know, it's got to be wild to be able to see that and and motivating. I'm sure. Yeah. And what? Yeah, definitely. What do you think are the things, you know, before we kind of talk about, you know, moving forward, you know, with your with what you're doing, like, what do you think are the 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 lessons you've learned this first hundred and forty five pounds? I think the biggest lesson is that um, it doesn't get any easier. First off, like you don't lose one hundred and forty five pounds and it's downhill from there. It's kind of you're going to run into similar problems that you ran into before. Um, they're just not going to be as, as it's not going to be like your body holding you back. It's going to be different problems, but there's still similar problems. You're still going to run into plateaus. You're going to still run into cravings. And I think the biggest, and I know I've heard people say this before, but you, it has to be that when you, when you do do something wrong, like you eat something that you shouldn't have, or you didn't go to the gym that day or something like you just have to, you have to have a short term like you have to let it go because you can't really, you can't really fret on it because what I used to do is I would, and this is for pretty much every addiction. It doesn't just pertain to food, but you know, you're going to start Monday. You know, people who quit smoking, they say they're going to start Monday. They're going to stop, you know, start a diet. They'll start Monday. But the biggest lesson is like, just start right now. So if you ate Wendy's for breakfast and you shouldn't have, don't wait till tomorrow. You can just kind of start with the next meal and don't really, you know, don't really uh, hold it against yourself forever because then that is definitely going to hold you back. And that was one of the things I had to learn. Yeah, I think 145 pounds so far. Yeah, I think we beat ourselves up when we, when we make those choices or allow those things to happen. And on some levels, I think in, in a lot of ways, that punishment 
is is a, a a twisted form of like enablement. Like when you allow yourself to sit and not being happy about choices you've made, it's easier to make more of those choices. You know, it's easier to say, yeah. "Well, I screwed up today." Like you said, you know, it's Thursday and I screwed up Thursday. So when Monday comes, I'll get back on it. You know, I'll just let this go. You know, you also hear a lot of people always say, you know, I, I, I'm going to, I'll get it out of my system. You know, I'll just, I, I already went down that road. I'll yeah. just, I'll just get yeah. it out of my system. If I just, I, I give myself another day or two, it'll, it'll, I'll burn it out and then it'll be gone and then I'll move forward. Exactly. Yeah. And paying for, and paying for those too. So like, like if you, if you overeat the day before, like you shouldn't pay for it today, you should just get back on track. You know, um, don't really say well, I'm going to eat. 800 calories tomorrow because today I'm overeating. So you don't, that's another thing, you know, kind of similar to what you're saying. You just have to say, because you're, you're not going to eat 800 calories. You're just going to keep saying the same thing the next day. So yeah, don't pay for it. So if you go off track, just get right back on track immediately. Oh yeah. And that's, and that's that question that always comes up. You know, the, the last, one of the, one of the most recent episodes of the show, you know, I had a guy on and talked about, you know, falling off track and getting back on track. And at the end of the day, the way you get back on track is going back to doing what you know you were doing. You know, you get back on track by getting back on track. It's doesn't mean it's easy, but it, it is that simple. Like you know what to do, and like you said, punishing yourself the next day, it just it just creates that continued cycle of well, one especially physically, if you severely restrict the next day and you had given yourself, you know, you had binged the day before. It just is going to create this, you know, binge restrict cycle that is not going to be great for you mentally, but even worse physically. Exactly. So yeah. giving yourself that grace to say, yes, that choice happened. We can't change the past. You know, we can't rewind time. You can't go back in time to, to right after college and say, I'm not going to gain the weight. Like it happened, <laughs> right, right. you know, it happened. So you're working on what, what moves forward now. And I think that's a great perspective. Exactly. And... When you look at, you know, I, I'm because I'm sure people are curious, like, you know, especially hearing about your discovering of cooking and culinary skills, you know, what has, what is your approach to food like? Like, you know, how do you, like, I know in the base form, it's what diet are you following? But what is, what is Joe's approach to food? Yeah, so I don't, so that's the thing I, I strictly say, stay away from any type of diet because to me, I know people have said this, but diet is really just what you're eating. I don't really, I used to follow a keto. I've done this, I've done that. And I hate the restrictions that it tells me that I can, can and can't eat with food. So I just, I'm sensible. So if I want to, if I want something um, that I'm, it's not technically on someone's diet, I can, I'm, I can still eat what I want. I just have a lot more moderation. There's not, there's not this, I want a brownie. So you eat the pan of brownies. You you can literally just try. Like I can I can now have the self control to like take a bite of something, and say I don't want any more of that. I just wanted to I just wanted to know I could have it. Um, I don't I don't I definitely don't hold back if we're going like out to celebrate. Like I I don't go and want to eat a lot of food. I just I just go and eat what I want. But it's never like a lot. Like I would have food left on my plate when I'm done. That's okay. Um, I don't have to eat it all. So I, that my approach is just moderation. I don't, I don't like follow any type of specific diet. And I think that's been the biggest, uh, the biggest thing that's helped me with food is I don't restrict myself. Yeah. And I think for some people, that's the way to go. Like if, if you can do that and it, and it gives you the results and and helps with that relationship with food, I think it's okay. Like I, I think it's when we get trapped in this place of, Somewhat, you want to tell someone else what they need to do is when you run into problems. Like it really, it should be about discovering what works best for you, what fits into your life, you know, what you can handle, and follow that path and and use the tools that you need. I think that's really smart, man. So, knowing that there, you know, for your goal, there's another 115 pounds to go. You know, what are the what are the things that you know? What if if I, you know, look at you know, and I know we're not, it's not like we're at like this milestone point or anything along those lines, but, you know, knowing that where you're at today, what are the things you look towards to keep you motivated going towards your goal? Like, what are the, what are the things you feel like you've got in place and what are the things you look forward to? Yeah, of course. Uh, the thing, the things I look forward to is just being able to do normal, normal people things. Like, um, when you're big, 
like going into a restaurant, you are actually concerned. Like you'll look up Google images of their seating just so you know that you can fit in the seats. Um, there's just so many uncomfortable situations you're put in when you're, you're big and you know, it is kind of your own fault, but it's just, you're like, you kind of avoid any situation. Like I wouldn't even see my in-laws as much. I wouldn't see people that I cared about because I just felt uncomfortable around people all the time. Um, now, now that I've lost, um, 145 pounds i feel comfortable i i don't have to worry about you know finding clothes i can find clothes that fit um really well um and even being my size um as i get smaller those things are just going to get better and as i get healthier you know i'll you know hopefully live longer um the things i'm that's the things i'm looking forward to is just being able to live normally uh, and that's kind of been something I haven't done. I've, you know, the, my size has been normalized when I was in football. So I felt like it was normal, but I couldn't do, I still struggled with stuff then that I struggled with, uh, you know, when I was 560 pounds, but that, that those are the things I'm looking forward to is being able to fly. Um, I've not ever flown because like, I don't even want to try to think about my size in a seat at that size. Um, and, you know, just everything, you know, having to get off of a plane because you're too big, that would be pretty embarrassing, I think. And, uh, you know, just everything. I, I like, I've gotten into like collecting sneakers and shoes now and like my feet can actually fit into those. Just little stuff like that, that might seem, that might seem, you know, silly to other people. Like that's kind of, that's pretty motivating to me just to be able to, you know, see that I'm getting to living a normal life. Oh yeah. And that's, and you know, I always say this because there's going to be people who are like, oh, you're saying people are, who are overweight are not normal. It's, that's not what you're saying is it's it's access to things in life that people take for granted, you know, when they're not as large as you were, as large as I was. Like being able to understand that you were never able to do those things. So I get that. I hear you talking about shoes and I'm like, yes, I completely understand that. Like it's a, it is a whole new world when you're able to start accessing those different things that weren't there for you before. Yeah, exactly. And just something you won't realize. Yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. You won't realize really what was like what you've been doing that isn't normal until you're able to do the things that you weren't able to before. Once you then you can you will get that perspective once you get to the size where you're like, yes, I was I've definitely been missing out. You'll definitely feel like you you might not feel that now because you're you've never had the opportunity to experience it. But once you get to the point where you do get to experience it, you'll realize, you know, how much you've missed out on of all of this time that you've been, you know, so big. Oh, for sure. And that's because it's like you put blinders on in your life, you know, especially when you're that, when you're that big, when you're 500 pounds, 600 pounds, if you were to every day sit down and create a list of the things that you couldn't do, that would almost drive you insane. So it's almost like you, like I'm saying, like you put these, these glasses on, that prevent you from seeing those things in some ways. Like you, you see your normal, yeah. you yeah. see your life as it is. Yeah. You know, I used to, you know, I've a, a million times, people are probably rolling their eyes when I say it, but like I say that as I got bigger, my world got, I made my world smaller and it wasn't just that I couldn't do those things. It was, I even started taking them out of my, you know, even the possibility. Like when people would say, do you want to do this? I'm like, Oh, I don't like doing that. You know, I don't, you know, I spent years telling people, that I never wanted to go, that I didn't like the woods and I didn't want to go camping. It was because I knew yeah, yeah. that if I got down on the ground in a slumber bag, a sleeping bag, there was no <laughs> way I was getting up. I knew that if, yeah. you, like you said, you know, playing basketball at 560 pounds, at 540 pounds, if I stepped wrong on a trail, I knew that meant, you know, a broken bone and people trying to have to get me out of that, out of the woods. Like, so Which would you, be tough, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And so you start building the, you know, I don't do that. You know, I don't like that. You know, that's not something I would do. And so when I was losing weight and lo and saying, you know, I, I've got a sister that loves to go camping. And I said to her, you know, someday I'd really like to go camping with you. And she's like, you don't like camping. You know, all you do is say that you don't like it. And I'm like, well, I used to say that because that was just the way I, I dealt with that. Like, you know, you, real you don't realize those things that you build into your existence. So when you can start to do them, it's like, whoa, like, you know, I even used to say, like, I liked the shoes I was buying. You know, these are the most comfortable. These are the best shoes. And it really was, they were the only ones that I could find. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was exactly. those, those big white New Balance were the only ones that were wide enough for yeah. my feet. And, you know, I, you know, now that I can actually go to different places and buy sneakers and have a, a shape to my foot, like, 
it's a different thing. Like now, I, instead of saying I don't care about shoes, now I can say, well, I'd like to find something that I like the way it looks. Like I don't, I, I like having more than one option. It's, it's incredible. The, it's the way you adapt. That incredible adaptiveness is just the thing that always blows me away. You know, the things that we accept as normal. Like you were talking about the the research project before you go to a new location to make sure that there's going to be seating and that you can fit and all of those things. Like that's your normal. Yeah. Yeah, which is crazy. Most people would, like, no, they don't worry about that. <laughs> you know, they don't worry about that stuff. It's, they would be blown away that you would research the seating um, at a restaurant. Oh, 100%, man. And, Joe, something I want to talk about, you know, specifically having the opportunity to speak to you being somewhere in that midpoint on your journey is you understand coming going from 560 pounds to 300 pounds is not an overnight thing. What do you think are the things that keep you motivated knowing that you're in this for a long haul? I think, um, like I said, outside of the, you know, kind of living a normal life is being able to be around, you know, for my kids and my grandkids. I honestly, there was times when I was big that I would kind of just say, you know, screw it. You know, I'll probably die of a heart attack at like, 40 or 50, you know, my parents and my, my family kind of has like, you know, high blood pressure and diabetes and this and that. And, uh, I actually did, I actually was diagnosed with diabetes too, when I was that big. And finally has got, I finally have gotten to the point where, you know, my sugar is back to non-diabetic and that was all due to the weight loss. So that's really, that right there is, is motivating enough. Um, the next would be, uh, getting off of the blood pressure, which is a little more difficult to do because it takes a little longer and, you know, there's other issues outside of just your weight. So that would be kind of my next go. But just knowing that I'm living healthier and that I'm I'm going to actually be able to be there for my family later in life, hopefully, you know, God forbid nothing crazy was to happen. But uh, as far as if it's up to me, like I'm not going to die because of my, you know, my stupid decisions, I'm going to die because, you know, an anvil falls on me, not because, you know, I'm 560 pounds. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's a really good point. Like, w one of the things I really like is, in stoic philosophy is this concept, uh, there's a phrase memento mori. And memento mori means remember that you're going, you could, you could remember you're going to die. But it's that concept of you could die today. And sometimes people hear that and they think that means you should live every day like it's a, the last party, you know, because you could walk outside and get hit by a bus. And when I dug deeper into it and really looked at it, like it's it's more the idea that do you live your live every day like it's your best day, you know, that you've done everything that you can for yourself, the people you care about. And to me, when it comes to health and fitness and weight loss, that means I want to live every day like I, I respect and honor my body. And because tomorrow I, I could get hit by a bus, you know, I could have an, like you said, an anvil could fall from somewhere, you know, any of those things could happen, but I would want my, I would want my last moments to be about saying I did everything that I could though, to take care of myself. You know, I honored myself every day. Yeah. So yeah, to think about, to think about my family having to bury me because of like the s decisions I've made as far as um, like my eating habits and just being big. Like it just seemed, it seemed so, I don't know, so crazy, so a crazy concept to, you know, wife and kids and people there uh, mourning you because you couldn't, you couldn't change the way you ate or exercise. It just seemed, it just seemed selfish and, kind of, uh, you know, wildly unbelievable to some people, but it definitely, you know, it's happened to people. So, um, I definitely didn't want to be the reason for, you know, for that. So that's what, you know, that's kind of a huge reason of why I yeah. started to make the change. And that's a powerful driving force. And I think that's what it's needed. You need to understand the real reasons why you want to make these changes. It can't just be, I want to, I want to be able to buy smaller clothes. You know, I want to fit into this. Like, those are all great things and amazing things to work towards. But at the end of the day, the real driving force needs to be something deeper. It needs to be something that you go to bed at night thinking about and you wake up in the morning realizing, you know, this, you know, on those days where it doesn't feel good to go to the gym, you know, on those days where you don't want to cook the food, you know, all, on those moments when you have that real driving understanding of your why and your purpose, I think it helps you keep going. 
Exactly, yeah. And when you think about food now and the, the way your relationship has evolved, what are what are your challenges when it comes to food? Like, is there anything that still you're like, okay, this is still an issue I need to work on? Like, where where are you at with all of that for yourself? Yeah, so sometimes I get on like a, a kick of like, I'll have these this a type of food that I'm cooking. Like a lot of a lot of the Mexican food and stuff that I'll cook, it's like too high calorie, and like trying to find ways to make that fit into your, um, you know, into your nutrition that you're trying to get in and it's difficult because you want to make stuff taste the best that it can taste you know not just throwing cheese and all of this junk that you may be used to put on it but like just to make something taste really good sometimes there's ingredients and stuff that you you know that a chef or someone would use and you're like i really want to be able to use this but you know you have to you have to come back on it and learn to learn to kind of change it and make it healthier so you know those are some challenges because i want to it's not that i want to to eat the food like I'm, I'm craving like a, a burrito or something but like I want to I want to be able to make the best possible version of that food and the only way to do that sometimes I feel like is you know for the calories to be too high so that is something I've had to pull back on and kind of you know change the way I would make it and stuff that's that's one challenge um like cooking for my kids my kids aren't you know they're very athletic and they're you know they're smaller they're not uh they're not you know big like me so they don't struggle with the, the food obsessions and the, you know, food issues. So learning to cook for them too, you know, and things that they'll actually eat, you know, I have to make adjustments for that. So those are kind of my challenges with food. Um, I don't really crave, I don't really have cravings anymore. Uh, far from, I, I mean, I would be lying if I had said I had no cravings sometimes, but I'm able to control those cravings now. But like, I more crave like making the best version of a, a food as possible. And I think sometimes that that can, that can be like uh, detrimental to my nutrition. So that's kind of the challenge that I would say I have. Um, and what, and as you're thinking about that, like I, I'm, you know, especially I like, I want to take this opportunity to say like, are there any kind of tips or tricks or things you've discovered as you've gotten more into cooking, you know, that you would share with people out who are looking to kind of, take that better path when it comes to cooking their food? Like, is there, are there any go-tos that you have or any, any, anything that you'd want to share with people? Um, yeah, I try to, I try to use a lot more uh, leaner proteins uh, specifically because my family's uh, history with heart disease. So I think just starting with like the foundational stuff that's uh, lower calorie, like fish and chicken, and then build upon your culinary skills from those foods. And then you can kind of get into like, you know, your beef and stuff. Um, I actually got really big into smoking food and, uh, you know, and I know people that do keto and stuff, they, they, that would be like heaven for them because it's all meat. Right. Um, and so I pulled back on that a little bit because a lot of the food you smoke are beef or pork. Um, you can do a lot, it's, but I do do a lot of chicken as well. I think building your, I think building kind of your, your pantry and stuff around around having food on hand they, that's a big thing like if I, there's recipes i can just whip together because i have the food in my house i don't keep snacks in the house like my wife would buy me these uh chili roasted um, pistachios like if those are in the house i will i'll literally eat every pistachio until they're gone so i don't keep i don't keep snacks in the house even with my kids like if they have snacks they're like in their rooms or stuff but i don't really keep any snacks like everything you have to pretty much cook um, but start kind of with leaner proteins and then build on that. And do you have any favorites seasoning wise or flavor wise? Like when you want to inject flavor into something, what are your go-tos? Uh, well, I kind of, I build all of my seasonings and rubs um, from scratch. So I don't really have like a seasoning that I, you know, like a Weber seasoning or something like that. I don't use those because I want to be able to control like the salt content. Um, but yeah, um, really just kind of balancing, you know, there's like, there's a flavor wheel that most beginners could use that kind of balance each, each other, like sweet and salty. Um, you can add vinegar or anything to just about any dish and it'll add some acidity to it. Um, that, and a lot of people don't realize that uh, acid is probably the biggest um, saliva. Like it causes your mouth to salivate more than any other flavor. So Adding like vinegar will actually not add as much sodium as salt, but it'll actually still give you some of the same 
the same effects as salt um, and stuff like that. So just really just kind of kind of have to, you know, do some learning on the flavors you like, because some people might not like the flavors I like. But I usually try to go towards foods that, like lemon. Lemon's a great way to add like uh, that salt effect without actually having salt in your recipe for like fish or chicken. Nice. I like that, man. It's always interesting to hear what other people are doing. Yeah, ex- yeah, it is. And then, you you know, like you said, you try it for yourself, see if it works. And you don't like that flavor, try another one. Don't be afraid to experiment. Exactly. Nice. So, Joe, you started to talk a little bit about kind of like what's, you know, where your goals are set and what you're looking at coming next. Like, what are what are the things that you feel your focus is on right now as you move into this, the, you know, <clears throat> as you move through your journey? Um, yeah, my focus right now is is kind of it's kind of still pretty persistent and consistent on the trying to eat um, healthy and get down to this 300. I know that I want to kind of increase my my activity levels a little more. I did just recently switch positions, so you know the, the having that kind of transition there has kept me out of gym maybe a couple of days this week. But getting back to normal, I kind of I go to the gym about four times a week. Um, and then I try to play basketball about every day, uh, assuming the courts they aren't overrun because where we're at, we have like a pavilion and there's, and they've not had school for like the past week or two due to uh, coronavirus. Um, so they're just so packed. You can't even get in there to do anything, but, um, staying, just staying consistent. I think that's the, that's, I would say right now, because, you know, I'm still am kind of in that middle i'm a little you know a little past middle or a little bit past halfway there i think just saying consistent um because there have there has been times where it's like it'll take three months to lose like 10 pounds or something and which is okay you know if you ask a doctor or someone or like a you know quote-unquote professional nutritionist or something they're like yeah that's that's perfectly fine you're still losing weight but you personally, you feel like you're not doing enough. You're like, I could definitely be doing more to be losing more weight. I think it's important to kind of just remember that if you're making progress, you're making progress. It doesn't have to be 10 pounds in a month um, because, you know, that's not really all that healthy. But when you're really big, you can afford to lose like a lot more weight at once than other, you know, normal people. Like if you're you're bigger like we were. And you look up, you know, healthy weight loss, everything you read is going to be like, don't lose more than a pound or two a week. And, you know, for people like us, I fluctuate that now. I fluctuate like five pounds or 10 pounds now within a day. So that a lot of that doesn't apply to people that are morbidly obese. You can afford to lose more weight. So that would hold me back, actually. So I would actually use that as an excuse to not lose more weight, I'm like, oh, I'm, I don't want to lose too much weight. So I'm going to eat more. Um, Because, you know, the nutritionists say I need to lose a pound or two a week. That's, that's not realistic. So, right at at 560 pounds, a pound a week does not mean that that much has changed (laughs) in terms of what you're doing. For sure. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. Understood, man. Understood. And Joe, one, I have one other kind of question I want to ask. Um, because I, I think, you know, hearing about that, that part of your story where you were, you were talking about, you know, the doctor telling you you need to lose weight and you, can, you were continuing to put on yeah. weight and you were in that place of not getting started. What, is, what, what would you want to say to someone out there who's in that place, you know, who knows they need to make some change, but they're not, they haven't, they're not putting that effort towards it. They're not starting yeah. something like what is, what is the message you'd want to send? Man, there's been so many times I've thought about that question as, as like, is there something that someone could say to me when I was that big that would that would cause me to actually, you know, start working and getting in shape and stuff? And I, I don't know that there was anything. It's like it's it's kind of sad to say that because it's true. You feel like I feel like I go back to that mindset I had when I was 560 and it the thing the the description you know describing word that comes to mind is is like hopeless honestly you feel like there's not something that someone could say to you that's going to say that's going to throw a light switch on your head and you're going to go and work out it's it just doesn't happen like so for me personally i don't know what i would say to myself at 560 um 
other than to kind of remind me that there's people in my life that care about me and it would be a shame that they'd have to lose me due to, you know, some decisions that I couldn't or some habits or changes that I couldn't make. So, um, and hopefully that would kind of help propel, but I've, I've had some crazy things that didn't change my mind. So I know the mindset of people that are that big. So it's, it's just, it's almost like you can't say really anything. It's something that just has to happen. There's a reason that so few people lose a lot of weight. Because if and nobody's, you know, figured out that one thing you can say to them that kind of sets them straight. And Oh, yeah. Well, we difficult. You, you can have a doctor tell you that you're going to die and say, okay, yeah. thank you. And, and, and yeah. go to McDonald's after. Like, you <laughs> yeah, know, it's exactly. not, yeah. you know, it's not, you know, I, I, I had those people make impassioned pleas. You know, I, I had a friend basically say, I can't be your friend anymore. And my attitude at that point was, well, okay, enjoy the rest of your life. Like, until you're, until you have that, it's very sad. And until you have that personal perspective that you need to, you know, you understand the real driving force as to why you need to make change, nothing anyone else says is really going to, to get you there. So maybe that is the message is, think about that. Like, if you're, you're that person that's saying, I want to do something, but I'm not doing something. You know, do you really understand, you know, what your motivation is? Like, if, if it's not something that you actually want to do, you're not going to do it. Yeah, doesn't you know, matter so what anyone says. For sure, for sure. And no, something Joe, that was, no, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, something that was really interesting for me is uh, when I first found this podcast, I started listening to it, and I had all these things that I struggled with. Um, and I was like, this is this this would be embarrassing if other people knew the stuff I had to struggle with, like, like going to the bathroom or you, the reason you don't take a lot of showers and stuff like that. And um, to hear other people, like I, the first time I heard someone come on here and explain like how they, you know, actually wiped after using the bathroom. Like I was like, wow, man, this is, it was a turning point for me because I'm like, there's actually people, other people that struggle with the same things I'm struggling with. And it was kind of a, it was kind of a mind opening for me to find that other people, you know, struggled with that stuff and that it wasn't normal and that it wasn't really okay to have to struggle with that stuff. So that was, uh, that was really interesting to me. And obviously I love hearing that, but you're right. Like it's that idea that there is some commonality that we often just think we're the only people that are dealing with those challenges and it doesn't seem like it's possible that anyone else is. So, you know, and that's why I appreciate people like yourself coming on the show and talking about what your life was like. There are guys out there who played football and put on weight after playing because their their eating habits just weren't in the place that they should have been after and think that they're the one that goes through that. And they look at other people that were, were doing similar things to them and didn't deal with those challenges. And it's realizing that some of the some of the commonality crosses bigger borders than just the people that are right around you. Exactly, yeah. And so, man, if people out there listening are hearing some commonality in your story and, and want to keep up with what you're doing and where you're headed and maybe see if you're going to share some, some of those culinary tips, you know, where do they find you? What's the best place to <laughs> track you down? Um, so I try to post everything that I'm doing and my progress on uh, Instagram. Um, I have a couple different Instagram handles. Um, but the one where I post my, the one where I post my, uh, weight loss journey is a uh, fat Joe. 1989 and then um i also have the one where i do a lot of my cooking stuff at a uh, kissed by fire 1990 or 1989 so uh, you can you can definitely follow my journey there um i try to stay on it as, as much as possible i also try to not stay on it to the point where it's like a problem because i've done that before so i do i do there will be weeks where i don't go and really post anything because there's not much to update and i find it it was kind of mentally draining to have to feel like I have to put something on there all of the time. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of, I kind of update that regularly though. So you'll definitely be able to follow the journey there. Understood. And I will put links to your profiles in the show notes. So if anyone out there does want to check in and even just see what you've been through so far, you know, they can go there and, and see a great record of that. So Joe, I really appreciate you coming on the show and opening up and sharing your journey with everyone I end every episode with the same five questions called the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? 
Yeah. Okay. So question number one. Tell us, Joe, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? My favorite fat guy, Biggie Smalls. Mm. I like it. There's, I get I get the same answer too often from people, so I like when I hear <laughs> I hear I hear another one. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Qu question number two, Joe. What is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you? Mm. That you don't have to you don't have to you don't have to settle for the way you're living right now. There is something there. You're not going to realize it until it happens, but there's a lot better out there than living just in content and, you know, expecting to die early. So there is a lot more out there and you're not us telling you about it. It's not going to be enough. It's going to take you experiencing it to understand what the people who've been through um, is telling you. But uh, I definitely I hope people that hear that, you know, take the chance and they try to do that for themselves. I like it. Question number three, Joe, what is one concrete thing that someone who does want to get their journey started can do today? Move. Yeah, just move. It doesn't matter. Don't think about it too much. You don't need to, you're not a professional bodybuilder or, you know, power lift or anything. Just, just move. If it, if, if it requires, if you can't get up and walk, just sit and move your arms really fast. Anything that moves your heart, anything that gets your heartbeat up is going to be enough. And then you can slowly build on from that, but you don't have to go out here and follow this YouTube beginner workout. Um, you don't have to do any of that. Just get your heart rate up and move. I like it. Question number four, Joe, what is one thing about yourself that you love? One thing I love about myself, um, the thing I'm most proud of about myself is uh, about four years ago, um, I made a career change. Um, it wasn't very good for my health at the time. Um, I worked pretty much for a year straight from 6 a.m. to pretty much 12 at night, uh, being a self-taught uh, software engineer and ma making that, you know, that career change. It was huge. And uh, it's been a, a great impact on my health since then and my family and life in general. So I think the fact being proud that I can do something that difficult gives me more motivation that I can do something just as difficult as, you know, losing weight. So that's what uh, I'm most proud of. I like it, man. I like it a lot. Now. That's awesome. And Joe, one final question for you today. What is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Mm, that is a, that's a good question. I would say, I would say to be able to fly, um, I haven't flown yet, but we're going to, we're, we're going to Wyoming in, uh, June and that's going to be something I kind of tick off of my bucket list. And that's going to be, that's going to be really exciting because I've always, I've always told everyone when I was bigger, like, you know, I don't want to fly. I think it's crazy when I can just drive. And it was because like you said, you just normalize that cause you're so big, but when you can actually do it. You know, it's going to be a different story. So that'll be nice to check that off my bucket list. Awesome. That's. I look forward to hearing about that, man. I think that's going to be. It's it's going to be a whole new world for you when you when you yeah. conquer that. That'll yeah. be awesome. Very cool, man. It'll well, be awesome. Joe, just a, a big thank you again. I appreciate your your openness and your willingness to share with us today. Yeah, I really appreciate being on here. I remember uh, I remember telling you kind of at the beginning of my. Uh, journey uh, over a year ago, I think you, it's on one of your comments. And I remember telling you like, you know, I want to one day be in a position where I can be on your podcast. And, you know, it's, it's been really awesome to be on here and talk with you. Cool. Well, I'm glad you came on, man. And I would love to have you back when you're getting closer to that goal or when you hit it, absolutely. you know, it would be awesome yeah, to come absolutely. back and reflect on, on the, everything that comes to you, you know, from now to then. That'll be awesome. Yeah, that'll be awesome. I'd look forward to that. Definitely. Well, everyone, go follow Joe. His information is going to be in the show notes. You can, as always, follow me as well on Instagram at Gourmet Goes Keto, on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto. You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. You can check out all of my coaching opportunities that include ketogenic nutrition, but also include mindset and accountability coaching and working with people who are not keto but are working on different challenges that they want to work on in their lives at theketoroad.com. And then, my friends, after you do all that, go outside or inside if it's cold. There's a lot of people snowed in right now. 
do something to amaze yourselves because you are the most amazing people that I know. And then come on back and then catch us on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. Thank you.